If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. I'm reading from a 19th of Feb post on the ratepayers.nz website. The Auckland Ratepayers Alliance will go to war with Wayne Brown unless he backs down on putting an option to councillors to increase rates by 37.94%. You've probably heard that figure. That's over the next three years as contained in the mayoral options, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and there was a to be a meeting on the 20th. Well, that's a couple of days ago now. So let's... Uh, find out what's going on and talk to someone who's um, kind of in the room in a way. Morris Williamson, uh, Auckland City Councillor, joining us on RCR Breakfast. Hi, Morris. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> 37.94%. First of all, that's a stunning figure. I don't ever think I've heard of a rate rise that high before. Well, let's um, unpack that because it's not correct. Oh, Okay. Um, Okay, let's unpack it. There are three options being offered to the public. Uh, We're going out in a consultation document, and the three options were what's called the central option, which it lays out a whole range of things that the council should do. And then there are two alternatives. One alternative is pay less, get less, and the other one is pay more, get more. Now, if you opt for the pay more, get more, your rate increase over three years comes to that figure. Okay. So the, the you've got to divide that by three to get what your annual was. The proposal that sits at the centre of it has a rate increase of 7.5% in the first year, 3% in the second year, and 8% in the third an average of about six point something. So you've got to be very, that's not an annual figure that you've been given. That was the the scary number that went out there, 39 or 38% or something. Well, that's not correct. And that's in what I think is probably the most ghastly of the options. I'll give you quickly what they would be. And these are two numbers in each case. What would be the capital expenditure and what would be the operational expenditure over a 10 year period? If you take the central option, we're presenting a a paper which says the council would spend $39.3 billion in capital expenditure. So that's buying new things, bridges and and water care servicing. And so capital expenditure is buy. It's actually probably investing in roading or or tunnels or whatever. And the operational uh, for the 10 years, that is to run the place, to do parks and rubbish and all sorts of other things, was $72 billion. So you've got to cut those by 10. So it'd be $3.9 billion a year that we'd be spending on new plant and equipment and roads and footpaths and all sorts of them, and would be about $7.2 billion a year in just terms of making the show run. That's, that's the central uh, proposal and that's where your rate increase would be seven and a half, followed by three, followed by eight. Now, the reason the third year gets so big, because everyone goes, well, why did you suddenly go seven and a half, three, and then eight? That's the year that the city rail link comes online. Okay. And believe me, that's the biggest dog you have ever come across with fleas. Okay. Uh, 
was originally going to be a $2 billion project. Uh, it was supposed to be this enormously great thing to get Auckland moving. Yep. I don't know anybody that will actually ever use it. Certainly where I live in the east, it's going to be of no value. I don't know anybody on the shore who can use it. I don't know anybody uh, in the rest of the city just about. But we all went ahead with it because the mayor in, the, in those days had decided this was what we should be. And the, the government, the national government, went along with it and decided. And they announced that I think John Key was prime minister and announced this great vision for the city of a city rail link of $2 billion. Well, it was supposed to have been finished several years ago. It's still not finished. The city is in an absolute shambles. If you wander around the city, there is just pones and fences and crap yep. everywhere. And I've we're still it. and we're still like that. It's a, it's actually an eyesore. Uh, we're now talking 2026 uh, before it's finished, and even then it won't be open to the public because then it's got a whole lot of other uh, re remediation things like getting the fit-outs done to the stations and so on. So the reason that third year of our three-year budget has the rates kick up a little bit is the city rail link. We right. we think, well, I, I don't know whether this is a formal figure yet because no one knows. We know it's up to five and a quarter billion so far from the two. Um, you know, a billion dollars here, billion dollars there. Yeah, so you know what? Pretty soon you're talking serious money. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been told by a, an inside mole who's got a bit of view of how the finances of the thing is working out. We're going to be final figure of about seven point two five billion for it. Can I ask how? Um, I, I'm just I'm dumb guy on the street, right? So you, surely you go into these um, huge projects with you know, really button-down tight contracts, if if the thing overruns or creeps or whatever beyond what you've agreed to, then someone's got to take the hit. This sounds like it's just like an open-ended, oh, well, whenever. How, how, how dare you think that? It's <laughs> a dreadful way to think. That, that's Isn't that how making, it's normally that's done? That's almost making someone else carry the – well, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? But now we've just got all the excuses in the world, because COVID's getting the blame – and um, and COVID's been blamed for everything going, and we have just got delay after delay after delay. Now um, we're in fifty-fifty with the central government uh, project. I, I'm of a fan. Well, I'm of a fan of you invoking the law on this. Uh, I was involved in a company that did a project once, and because our business screwed up. We had to carry the can for the whole price escalation, even though the other 50% partner uh, didn't have to because it was our fault. Now, th they put out a press release saying, oh, the reason for the explosion and the costs and so on is we had to close the whole project down and then we couldn't get tunnelling experts across the border and it's just gone on and on. Well, I, I mean, if you'd done your contracting properly, you would have had it, the, the, the risks and, the, and the, the blowouts would have fallen where they should lie on the private sector who wanted to do the contracting. But, of course, that's not how it's done. And so the poor old ratepayer and the poor old taxpayer will do it. But then they said, oh, the reason is we've had to close it down and we couldn't get all these tunnelling experts across the border because of COVID and so on. And they basically opened it a bit in the press release that it was government policy that caused it all. Well, I keep saying, well, then let the government pick up yeah. the tab for it. Well, let them pick up the 100%. Not the poor old rate payer. DJ's, so DJ's got in, Morris, no no problem. 
Yeah, hot DJs and and, and the Wiggles and all sorts. But not of tunneling experts. Not Sorry. tunneling experts. <laughs> and that's the, the the other thing that I think is hilarious about it, and I hope this comes out in the Royal Inquiry, is that those big projects like things like tunneling and so on, they were allowed to carry on elsewhere, like in Australia or big roading and so on. They were said, well, we'll keep the sites completely isolated and those projects can carry on. But no, we had to shut that whole thing down. So anyway, no, never mind. Uh, yep. You've got to got, swallow that one year three, is what you're saying. You know, you know that's, that's one of the biggest dead rats we've got to swallow. And so that's why the year three kicks up a bit, because of when those stations come on, it won't be the capital expenditure that kicks up, but there's a whole operational amount to run the place and keep them functioning and, and so on. So that's why it is. Now, if you went for the pay more, get more, that's where instead of 39 a billion of capital expenditures proposing 52 with a lot more, you know, infrastructure in terms of cycleways and walkways and so on, and a 76, which is a bit more in terms of the OPEX. So, I mean, I think the public are going to look at those and say, why isn't there a fourth option? And that is pay less, get more. Yeah. One of the options is One of the options is pay less, get less. And one of the options is pay more, get more. I'm a bit of a fan of how about pay less and get more. Yeah, wouldn't I'm, you shoot for that one? Wouldn't you shoot for that one? Well, I'm still confident there is sort of expenditure wastage in the whole system. And I, yeah. I, it's reinforced on a daily basis. When I saw that Williamson Avenue pedestrian crossing cost, to put a pedestrian crossing into Williamson Avenue in Ponsonby, yeah. it cost us 490000 These are the figures that Auckland Transport released, Auckland Transport's part of the council. They released the figures that it was 490000 to put a pedestrian crossing in. Now, one of the homemakers, I'm not sure it was Genie and Homes or whatever, they put out a statement saying, we can build a three-bedroom home with a kitchen with a walk-in pantry and a two-car garage for less than four hundred and ninety grand. But we built a pedestrian crossing for it. And guess what we spent on traffic management for the pedestrian crossing to be built. Traffic management is all no. the cones and the yep. signals and, you know, men with little flags, stop goes and all that. Knock us over with the figure, Morris. 172,000 mm. was spent on traffic management. Now, I remember days, uh, young, my younger days, where someone would arrive at the site with a big can of white paint and a big square piece of wood that was the sort of the stencil. Yep. You pat on the ground, paint the white lines, Pick up a sign, pedestrian crossing ahead, and probably for three hundred bucks or something, you got your pedestrian crossing. Yeah, and they and they didn't need to be there all the time. No. Do so we? Have... That, I mean, I give you that, Paul. I'm only giving you that as one example. Yeah, but how that... does that how does that work? I'm just trying to work out how that works. So, who contracts these people? What are the margins that they're employed for? That whoever's organising them is getting. I mean, how does it work? Well, you have to ask Auckland Transport. They've got under the legislation that that created Auckland Council. Auckland Transport are, an, are a body into themselves. They have their own board, their own management, and they decide how they're doing it. Now, the only reason I can give you those figures is it was uh, requested under the Official Information Act, and yeah. they had to publish what it cost, and it made the Herald and everyone's going on. Even the new Minister of Transport is going on about how outrageous it is that people are spending four hundred and ninety grand to build a pedestrian crossing. Yeah. So I think that we should be looking for finding savings by drilling into every one of the operational areas and saying, why is there so much, you know, unjustified spending and so on? But uh, 
that's not what's going to happen in the document. The one that's going out to the public will be laying out some alternatives and saying, do you want more of this or less of this? Would you like to see a city that had more money spent on the arts or whatever? There's a whole range of questions. So when that consultative document becomes public, you'll see a big publicity campaign, be internet sites and social media and radio ads saying, have your say. So the first thing I want all your listeners to think about is to be ready for that grab a copy of the, you can go to the council's website, that'll be, it'll be well publicised, and go in and please do it, because the worst thing about these have your says is a handful of busybodies who, got a, who, will, who will submit on everything going and have got their own views about what the world should look like. They do. But what you don't get is you don't get a lot of just your ordinary folks out yeah. there sort of television land they're too busy oh, no, no one listens any rate well well i do i do think because at the last year's budget was my first to be there there was a very strong change to that budget when everyone said well here's what the public said on that one 73.4 okay. wanted it so please get people to participate in in the have your say when it comes around per perversely that figure that you know the 38 percent nearly that you jumped on yeah. immediately when I said it and said, you know, that's sort of kind of well, it's not misinformation, but it's it's well, it's first it, of all it, for three years, not for one. It's sensationalized, it, let's say. Yeah. But that that gets your attention and and that might actually get people wanting to have a say and thinking, come on, this is sure. too much. We've got to spend sure. less. It actually might end up being Well, let's stick with thirty eight, just we'll just say it's thirty eight and leave it at that, because I do want people's attention. I do want people to say, I mean, we're getting a sort of yelling going on in my patch where the council's decided to go around all the parks and around the river here in the Tamaki River and out to McLean's Park by the college and take away all the rubbish bins. And people are going for a walk or a picnic or whatever and they get there, oh, where do we put all my junk? Oh, to save money, the council's taken away rubbish bins. Now, my view is providing rubbish bins and parks and walkways and so on is core business that we yeah, should yeah. be doing. Otherwise, you but, want rubbish everywhere. I mean, no, I want I want people to be able to put their doggy doos bags yeah. in the rubbish receptacle and not say, "Oh, I'll let the dog crap on the lawn and yeah. not going to put it up because it's not, not going to provide me with anything." You know, so, I so I think sticking to our knitting, going back to our core role and functions focusing on what that should be, and the public will have a good chance to say that's what we want when we don't want that and we don't want this and we don't want that. And when you see the price that they're talking about, there's a, a cycleway being proposed in New North Roads at the end of uh, when you come off K Road and you're going down New North Road there. It's not a terribly long cycleway, and the proposed cycleway is $28 million. Oh. Now, I'm sorry, but a motorway should cost $28 million, not a cycleway. Some of this sounds like a scam. Well, it does. It almost seems like, I mean, I sat there when I first got that number and I chuckled away and I said, yeah, come on, now what is it? And they said, no, and that's what Auckland Transport Board voted. And I said, what, the board voted for it? Yes, that's what the, the Auckland right. Transport Board voted for a cycleway down New North Road and it was 28 I know. And I said, no, look, you've missed. There must be a, a decimal point. It must be 2.8 million. Yeah. Nope. And so that's why I want the public to get angry. I want them to, and, and, and they will get listened to if there's a number that participate. It won't happen if only three people submit and you go, oh, well, no one's interested. So you're wrong, Williamson. The public aren't worried about it. Uh, and so that's my request. Take part, show what democracy can do. 
the public can change these votes by having their say. Just a quick comment, you know, the mayor seems to get it from every angle. How do you think he's doing in the role? Uh, well, I've got two different views. First of all, we don't have many runs on the board. He was going to get rid of all the orange cones in the city. Well, we're halfway through the term, and I think there's more of the little buggers out there. I think they're reproducing behind our back. I think they're having he's sex. Mating. I think they're having sex and having babies because there's more every day I go driving. There's one more. in the morning. So getting runs on the board hasn't been a great success, but you do have to have a little bit of sympathy for a mayor and, and this particular mayor, but any mayor. And this is something that no one seems to get when I talk to a group. They go, oh, I didn't realise that. I said, you don't actually vote for the prime minister in New Zealand. You just vote for a whole lot of politicians. And then the governor general says, which one of you can command a majority in the parliament? And so Christopher Luxon says, well, I can. I've got the numbers. So the Governor-General says, well, I invite you to form a government and make you Prime Minister. We don't vote for the Prime Minister. Mm. But in the case of councils, we vote for the Mayor, but then we vote, in Auckland's case, 20 councillors. But because of the disparate views they've all got, they might be totally opposed to everything the Mayor's wanting to do. So every time he puts a proposal up, he struggles like stink to try to get the numbers and he's got to make compromises, and he's got to make sacrifices, and he's got to give away on this. And, and it's really it's really annoying because in central government, as a minister, I knew that if I put a proposal through the cabinet and got it done, I didn't even have to worry about the parliament because we knew we always had a majority. The whips would command it. It would be a done deal. And so we've gone to a number of council meetings and governing bodies of the council meeting and so on with issues that have been voted on. And we don't know right up until, you know, they go around the room, you know, Mr. Jones, yay, Mr. Mrs. Smith, no. Uh, oh, God, you only got nine and 11 against you. No, lost. Mm. So it's very hard. The mayor's got a... He can have all the ideas in the world. See, you know, like Christopher Luxon goes to the public with a manifesto, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. When he becomes prime minister, they're on their way and they're doing it already. And bang, bang, every day you see announcements. Mm. The, mayor can't, the mayor can't do any of that stuff. I, I think there's a fatal flaw in having a mayor elected at large and not knowing that he's got to have the numbers to do what he's advocating. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Mm. Uh, and um, just before we um, finish our chat, uh, reaction to the death of MP and local body politician in Auckland, for sure, Efeso Collins. Oh, look, it's it's terribly sad, and I can't make a comment about Efeso because I didn't know him. I actually didn't meet him. He had finished at council by the time I got elected, and he was never part of parliament while I was there. But I do know people that know him. I understand he had a lovely wife and two lovely daughters, and that's a tragedy for them. And it's just a tragedy for anyone to die at that age. My my mum died last month, and she's 101, or she was 11 days short of 101. It wasn't a tragedy. We just celebrated what a wonderful life, and she was lucky to have had that amount of time here. But I think Efeso was 49 and yeah. uh, married with a couple of kiddies. Uh, just a tragedy. And I my heart goes out to the family, and I... I just feel nothing but, you know, sort of condolences and, and, and arrow heart to the family because it must be so, they must be shattered by it. Yeah, nicely put. Well, Morris Williamson, nice to have you back on RCR on this program for 2024. I'm sure we'll talk again. I look forward to it. If Reality Check Radio enriches your day in life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives and the dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. 
visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate.